Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk, and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ali told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Have you recovered from me being away for a day where I heard the podcast might have fallen apart again? It wasn't a day, it was two days. And that was either the side of a weekend, which means I feel like it was four days. Where have you been, Luke? <laughs> I miss you. I just I just stood at the door like a dog, mm-hmm. whimpering. At your own flat, because I wasn't going back there. Yeah, weirdly. <laughs> and I was very confused. Uh, no, I was in Amsterdam, had a lovely time. Um, what, a, what a beautiful city. Really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That I had a fabulous free walking tour, which is my wife and I's new favorite thing in the world. Mm. Free walking tour. Love them. They really have to work because it's based all on commission. Yep. Not commission, but, you Tips. know, like a donation at the end. Exactly. So yeah. they're often fantastic. Oh, it is. And we had this guy called Sergio who was brilliant. For the bands. For all. Oh. Banter at the wazoo is what Sergio had. Banter was on the menu, mate. And Amster Bants is what it was. Uh, Sergio Van Bants, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bants to them. It was pretty, pretty great. He was so good. And I learned so many interesting facts about Amsterdam. For example, weed is not legal. No, no, in no, Amsterdam. no. 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 Or, in, or in Holland. It's just perceived to be. <clears throat> and essentially, they just look the other way. They know it happens. But yeah. they just, you know, just look the other way, pretend it doesn't. So, likewise, prostitution isn't legal either. They just turn a blind eye to it. But that didn't stop you, did it, Luke? <laughs> God, the stories Luke was telling us when he got in this morning. You, you, you mentioned your limp from all the prostitute sex you had. 
You said gore I, four. I gave them all one. It was filthy. I um, I actually found it to be quite a culture shock. I, I would forget, and then you walk down a street, and then there's just a floor-to-ceiling window with a scantily clad lady on the other side of it. And you, all of a sudden, you just got these giant boobs staring mm. back in your face, and you're just like, oh, God. And then the British sensibility is like, well, don't look. Absolutely, don't look. It's rude. And then you, you don't want to catch their eye because, first, depressing. Uh-huh. Second... I feel like I'm leading them on. Yeah, I'm I like, know. Oh no, no, sorry, not not today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then, like, so we were walking. We decided we would walk around the red light district at night on one of the evenings that we were there, sure. just to kind of see, you know, hey, what's it like? Busy is what it's like. I can tell you that much. And if the opportunity should present itself, maybe Luke and his lovely wife pop into one of those rooms. Oh, well. the, honestly, the stories Luke told <laughs> us this morning. <laughs> Stories aren't, this is not a true fact about me at all. But we were at one point, and we were just sort of like standing around, just sort of taking a look around. And I just watched this guy just walk up, knock on one of the windows, and just open up the door and have a chat with them. And I was like, wait, there's hundreds of people. People can see you. Yeah. People can really see you having this chat. And then after a while, they just go, oh, no thanks. And I'm like, how did that conversation go? So the guy said, no thanks. Yeah. Not the lady. No. That would be really depressing if the lady, you know, he's talking and, and they're like, you know what, nah. Yeah. Nah, not you. Not you, actually. I've, I've changed my mind. I, I sell my body for money and I'm likely in a very bad place right now, but you're too far for me. <laughs> I'm not going to have sex with you. Yeah. But or it was, go jogging. Or go jogging, exactly. So, yeah, it was um, quite the city. Loved it, really. Lots of lovely culture. Had lots of wonderful beer. Um, uh, apart from that one pub that I went into that had... All of the decor of a pub that I like, wood panelling, old bar posters and sort of like things screwed into the wall, looked lovely, looked like the sort of place, oh, this will have a great selection of beers on tap. Picture of Princess Diana on the wall. <laughs> Maybe. And I walk in there and they're playing the Pussycat Dolls. And I was like, well, there's a juxtaposition if I've ever heard one. What this song? Is, um, Don't You Wish Your Girlfriend. Was uh, hot. Like me. And it, I was like, what a juxtaposition. This is an old man pub, but it is playing the Pussycat Dolls. And then I went to the bar and I said, what's the best beer you've got? And the lady said, Heineken. And yeah, Heineken, fine beer. But the best beer? Then she gave me a goddamn bottle of Heineken. So it wasn't even uh, on bloody draft. I, busy. I was not happy. Not happy, I'll be honest. You were deceived. You, you, yeah. You, it was, sounds like a tourist trap. It was the catfish of pubs. <laughs> I was pubfished. You were pubfished. Yeah, so that's my Amsterdam tales. There are other Amsterdam tales. Mm. However, in order to hear those, I'm going to have to save them for Ramble Club because it then gets... It's going to get Wrestle Ramble after dark. X-rated. Yes, X-rated is the word I would use. Can you substitute some... Just, like, give us a headline, like one bullet point of this, this, this show I think you went to. I went to a jogging show. Yes, yeah, yeah. Now give us just a, like, but you've got to substitute all the naughty words for other words. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I, I do want to stress as well that the jogging show that I went to was for larks. And it was, it was a cheeky jogging show. So don't want people to hear this and be like, oh, God, what a weirdo. Went to a peep show. I didn't do that. But if the opportunity <laughs> should present itself, I'll be honest. honestly, the stories <laughs> Luke told this morning. If I'd have gone to a peep show, it would have cost me, uh, let me quickly do the math, 74 euros less. Mm. So, But I opted not to do that. I opted instead to pay the extra bucks and go to a 
comedy-based jogging show that also featured some more lewd jogging than perhaps I'd anticipated. And I also Are we talking like fully penetrative jogging? <laughs> oh, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The whole kit and caboodle. Mm. But so but they've not-, not got much protection on. Because of the from no, from the wind, you know when you go jogging. Yeah, no, 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 none of that. No wind break. There was no resistance. Mm. Um, no, I, I also saw a uh, lady uh, write um, with a pen. Cool. Without her hands, hmm. or, Leave it up to or the imagination, feet, the or mouth. Right. Yeah. What did they write? Um, I'll save that for for Ramble Club for Ramble Club After Dark, which is our Patreon exclusive podcast. If you mm. haven't quite figured that one out, only because this is a family friendly show, so I don't sure. I can't tell these sort of lewd stories. But it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh, so it, it like it was a fun experience. Yes. It wasn't a mad awkward one. No, it wasn't a mad awkward one. Parts of it got mad awkward, and then something happened, which me, my wife, and I have laughed about <laughs> so, so often that it's it's a very very good story mm. yeah so I'll, but I'll, one that people have to pay for it sounds like that's where we well that you know we we take our guard down a little bit we often do a couple of swears on that yeah, show and we have it, some drinks it's an adult content podcast that it year. is indeed yeah so unfortunately i'm gonna have to save that for for the ramble club and my uh, trip that i had to a coffee shop Ooh. A coffee shop where they're not allowed to serve beer, are they? No, they're, no they're liquor not. in those coffee no, shops. They also don't really know. That was one of the other things I learned on my walking tour. They don't really know how the coffee gets there hmm. because it's not legal yeah. in, in the Netherlands. But it still always arrives in big batches to all of these coffee shops. The, the government don't really know how the coffee gets there. But again, just turn a blind eye. They don't really care. They don't really care to find out. I'm sure it's totally fine. I'm totally sure above board. Yeah. No one's getting exploited in another country for that. No, I would imagine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, 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 probably fine. Fine. it's probably fine. And you're on holiday anyway. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I'm staying in a lovely little boathouse. Yeah. I'll tell you about the boathouse in the outro report in this podcast because we should get to the show. Um, we're going to be talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin who uh, has been on Raw now, seemingly, for the past month, every (laughs) single week. So, should he just return full-time? Here's the show. Let's get on to Steve Austin. Oh, baby. Who is still... He's like one of the best things in WWE this year because he was so good on the Raw reunion show, which was, you know, late July. That is not even two months ago and then he was on like skype he's tweeting all the graphics are being shown on screen during raw so when like this big madison square garden show which was last night and it's billed as steve austin's return to wwe feels a bit disingenuous oh yeah well it's his return to madison square garden is how they were it's you see it's the clever way that wwe word things so it's the first time he's been to Madison Square Garden in X amount of years. Mm. But yeah, so I, for me, like Austin just feels like he hasn't left since Raw Reunion. He's just been all over the shows. And that's a good thing because he's consistently always the most over thing on any show he's a part of. Like, so there are certainly two arguments to this. of like, should Austin come back? Yes, because he's massively over. He is a ratings draw. He's also a ticket seller. When you, the reason why he was part of this Madison Square Garden show was because tickets weren't doing very well. So while well, advertise Austin, that can bump up those ticket sales. So he is a proven draw. The other side of that is that he just overshadows anyone he's in the ring with. 
Which, which is, see, I mean, this is like Attitude Era 101. Everyone remembers the Attitude Era as this great time for creativity and envelope pushing. But you push the envelope, don't you? Yeah. That's a set. That's yeah. a saying. Uh, but really, if you go back and watch it, it's somebody starting to get over and then Steve Austin coming out, stunnering them and celebrating so, <laughs> for seven minutes drinking beers. Well, that, like the ending of the show with Austin having the, the beer bath with everyone. I mean, I couldn't take my eyes off Steve. Like, it was, mm. sure, it was great that the Viking Raiders and Cedric and Seth get in that rub. getting that rub, brother. But really, everyone was just cheering Steve. Yeah. Which, you know, like, if you've got someone who's really, really over, you should use them. Mm. I, I think. So I think the best use of Austin here, I know we've forever said, let's not have authority figures. Well, I don't think we ever said that. We just said, we want consistent uh, authority figures the, the, the whole heel one that inserts themselves into every feud is overdone and let's get away from the McMahons I think that was more of the, the sentiment there, the McMahons including Triple H of course and the whole authority storyline oh, yeah. that never died but with Steve I think you could bring him as a, you know, not the, the heel sheriff role that he used to have what a sheriff Steve but just like a baby face General manager who's just in charge of making the matches. Yeah. And he's not actually in the storylines. And he doesn't look like a doofus every week, like how they booked Kurt Angle and Mick Foley. They wouldn't dare do it to Austin. Austin wouldn't have it. Yeah, exactly. And he's just, he's such, so the show kicked off with Austin and ended with Austin. And the, the, just his promos uh, aren't classic Steve Austin promos, but they feel so real compared to everything else on these shows because he just goes out there and speaks from the heart. And he's such a good orator that I, I just, I just I could listen to him talk forever. That's why his podcast is so successful. Yeah, I think it was Matthew of Botchamania tweeted out there. His favorite thing about Steve Austin now is he comes back, sort of slurs, way, slurs his way through some stories that he's vaguely remembered and will then go, all right, and now let's talk about the stuff WWE actually want me to do. Yay. <laughs> Here comes the monster among men. And he like goes into a completely different time. When he's out there, just going like, God damn, kid, I remember Bret Hart's music in, and then match, and then uh, SummerSlam. Uh, me and Gerald Briscoe got <laughs> drunk and nearly arrested on... Wait, sorry. sorry. I'm <laughs> still confused about the South Africa thing. Can we just can we take a step backwards? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, he... He said in this promo, because he came out and he remembered all these Madison Square Garden moments, one of which was The Undertaker chokeslamming him so hard he got knocked clean out. And SummerSlam 98. The first time he's ever been knocked out, he looks up and uh, he, go, he says to Earl Hebner, where am I? And Earl Hebner says, you're in the garden. That is a cheap pop. That is a local sports yeah, team cheap really pop. Was. But what it is is a concussion. Oh, yeah, it's a, <laughs> and it led to a terrible match. Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, concussions weren't a problem back then. No. It was just a fun thing that happened. God damn, kid, I just forgot where I was. Who happens? <laughs> uh, so, so, but, you know, like you said, Austin oozing charisma. He's just so, you know, like he's like a friend that I like hanging out with. I, I And I'm sure a lot of wrestling fans are like that. And mainstream wrestling fans, casual wrestling fans. They... Like, having Stone Cold as an authority figure, a general manager on Raw, would bring in that audience that AEW are trying to capture. Bingo! And then you can use Austin. Sure, he's so good, and he does overshadow the other talent, as we saw in the main event, and we'll come on to that. But 
over time, you can use that to get that talent over. The problem with Austin, I guess, at the moment is that you just fly him in for these big shows and he gets huge nostalgia pops. If he's a more consistent weekly character, you can start to share that that heat out, essentially, amongst yeah. the younger performers. No, totally, and I think it could work. Absolutely, I think it could work. And bringing in that, you know, the, the, the lapsed fan, so <clears> to speak, <throat> as a way to compete against AEW is a pretty solid idea. And WWE's marketing at the moment seems to be based around so much around Legends. Like, the advert for SmackDown is really feels like it's mm. focused on here are all the great stars that you might have remembered way back when oh there's some also some new people as well but don't care about them edges on the trailer um the whole wwe 2k20 trailer feels yeah. based around you know legendary type stuff raw reunion was a usa idea because they want to bring in these lapped fans to you know tune in and watch raw again so why not just lean into it why not just like really bring Steve Austin back? Such a good character, such a good personality. The biggest wrestling character that you've had, you may as well just use him. If he's quite happy to show up and do do shows, yeah, have at it. Yeah, and you've got the USA Network connection with his show that currently goes out directly after Raw. Yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me whether Austin, it seems like he'd be up for doing it. Yeah. It's WWE through and through. He seems to be very happy at the moment. But yes, Lovely, warm, naturalistic, genuine opening with Austin just happy to be there and in front of the Madison Square Garden crowd. But we've got a very awkwardly staged Universal Championship contract signing <sighs> to get through. Yeah, he brings out both of them and it gets, Austin's just like, okay, now can you just sign this contract? It says like, yeah, I will, Steve. But first I would like to get this permit. I'm like, oh, God, Seth. And then like eventually Austin's like, yeah, no, I just need you to sign the contract. He's like, you're right, Steve. But I would like to continue my promo. And I'm like, you're making me not like you, Seth. Yeah, it's 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 weird because at first I thought it started off as an interesting storyline. Braun and Seth winning the tag titles. And oh, there's some intrigue there. But the, the more it's gone on, the more Braun and Seth feel like Seth and Becky in that they don't actually have. Mm. on-screen chemistry and i'm not saying like you know romantic it doesn't just have to be romantically it, it could be as foes yeah but like i just don't when i watch braun and seth cut promos on each other i can never get beyond them as just characters you yeah, know i, I, I the hear script. That. when braun said i love being tag champ with you and I'm like do you because what have what have you done together mm. as tag team champions yeah so that, all that stuff was, well, it was a very minor part, but Seth and Braun isn't clicking. Um, I, and I think we're all just waiting as well for The Fiend. Pretty much, yeah. And Seth's not doing himself any favours when he says he's the best professional wrestler on the planet and the crowd boo him for it. Yeah, Madison Square Garden crowd. Oh, and this was a heel-friendly crowd today. Oh, smarky, smarky, smart, smarks. <laughs> um, but then, as a testament to how good the guy is, AJ Styles comes out, completely oh, so gets this segment back on track. And he comes out and he does this rubbish impression of Stone Cold. Which hey, is... I am the king of terrible Austin impressions. <laughs> he cannot take my gimmick. But it's like even better when, is it Luke Gallows who does an excellent Stone yeah. Cold impressionist standing right there? And he comes out just like last week. He He's the most charismatic thing here apart from Austin. And he walks down the ramp and the crowd are chanting asshole at him and what. This guy is, you know, one of the coolest heels and he's getting Madison Square Garden to boo him. Oh, yeah. And particularly when when Seth said, I'm the best professional wrestler on the planet, the crowd were chanting AJ Styles to be like, no, AJ's a better wrestler than you are. And yet here comes AJ 
and can still cut heel promos and get the crowd to boo him. He's very good at what he does. And what happens is the, the OC get in the ring, and of course... There's a little brawl that happens. Braun and Seth end up outside with Gallows and Anderson. AJ is there cockily because he's just sort of dodged a Seth attack. And it is perfect. He's just like, you know, walking backwards, all smiling. But we can all see Stone Cold behind him. Everyone knows what's going to happen. And then boom, stunner. AJ sells it with the sort of backflip, legs in the air. Oh, yeah. The Rock himself tweeted the king of selling stunners the rock saying how good that sell job was oh, yeah. and and like <laughs> the problem is at the end of this i can't wait for that aj austin match well yeah okay so <laughs> and this is part of the problem i suppose with austin we were, we were kind of like talking about earlier that he does kind of overshadow things with it's very unlikely we're going to get another austin match mm. he's seems to be very happily retired he had his final match at wrestlemania 19 doesn't want to have another match ever again. Not even Saudi money could probably coax Austin back into the ring. He doesn't really need the money. He doesn't really need the gig. But every time he does get into the ring, I'm like, oh, cool. So when are we getting the next Austin match? When are we getting Austin versus AJ? Yeah. Well, I, d- I didn't mean so much mean it in that I th- Austin, I want Austin to come back because I'm sort of over that now. CM Punk is is, is my boy. Um, but Bra- it's, it's more of an indictment of Braun and Seth. How I don't uh, I don't yeah, yeah. really care about that match or feud at all, and that's problematic because it's not just one match for the top belt in the company; it's also for the tag titles as well, which is a, a storyline that I'm not invested in. C- considering how they built this feud, why aren't they facing Gallows and Anderson? How like how much the OC has been involved yeah. in this, and they decided to go the Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler route instead. An, an excellent question, one I do not have an answer mm. for. And I, th- I suppose that really was, because I very much enjoyed this episode of Raw. Yes. Really, really fun episode of Raw. But I did feel that it felt like a house show more than a go-home show for a pay-per-view that's coming up on Sunday. Because, to your point there, the Seth Braun storyline in either one of their matches wasn't really furthered. Wasn't in fact, nothing happened. I don't think that storyline's been furthered now for three weeks. Ever since they won the tag belts, I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be great. It feels like they've just incrementally done nothing until the pay-per-view's happening, and then we're moving on to The Fiend instead. It's weird because this all set up a main event, a pretty big 10-man tag main event of the OC and Rudolph versus Seth Braun, Cedric, and the Viking Raiders. Yes. Um, And there were moments in that match, which was really fun. You know, it's this big 10-man tag, Madison Square Garden schmoz. But the crowd didn't care about like, the first half of yeah, it. I, yeah, but then when it started to break down and everyone was fighting everyone, it was good. Um, but the, there were a few moments there where Braun, I think Seth was pushed into a Braun pin and that broke up that, uh, that chance to win. And Braun sort of went back at Seth like, what are you doing? And then it went to an ad break and then it came back. Everything was fine. And I kept on thinking, oh, okay, so they're building to a big go-home angle at the end of this. But the Seth Braun stuff wasn't really touched. It just ended with Cedric, an amazing win with this huge lumbar check. Mm -hmm. Like AJ Styles was selling like nobody's business that night. Uh, Cedric wins, pins AJ Styles in Madison Square Garden in the main event. Stone Cold's music plays. Yeah, and it was instantly, it was like one, two, three, ah, and Austin comes down and he celebrates with everyone in the beer bath. Again, kind of why I got that, that house show vibe yeah. to it. Well, I, I, like, I totally get why they did it because that's, 
a much bigger instinctual pop than Cedric Alexander's rather weak music. <laughs> yeah, as uh, Steve from Going In Raw said, it sounds like it says, I, I had a dream I had a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Used to dream I had a dog. And that, that's how it goes off air with just like a very baby face, happy vibe of, yeah, them all celebrating. Um, but yeah, so, so Braun and Seth wasn't really furthered, but to go back to this, I think there is a definite place for Austin to be yeah. a general manager of Raw. I completely agree with you. Completely agree. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We're going to keep this clap train going because we've got $25 above or more Patreons to thank on Pledgehammer. God damn it. <laughs> thank you. Join him, John Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> Big Bad Blake Lloyd. Oh, uh, Martin Santoyo talking to me. Talking to me. Talking to me. Yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. The perfect storm. Noah Trombley. Yeah. Caught in a Travis Webb. Oh, yes. don't want to be caught in that. I think he's talking to you. <laughs> Damien Thompson. Oh, yeah. The monster among Patreons. Brian Strowman. Oh. Ooh, Stream Slayer. Woo. My dick. <laughs> 
Has, has Pete got yeah. these on board now? Uh, so handsome, he makes all the boys jealous. Yeah, nice. good fun. Shaun of the Dead Peril. Great film. Yeah. We're all gro- nope. We're all going on a Brian Huntley. Yeah. yeah. Robin Banks, Lee Roberts. Yes. Oh, yeah. The life of Jordan Riley. Woo. He can last Shaun far longer than you in the ring. Yeah, yes. that's how you win. And finally, Rebel Without a Crew, Robert Rodriguez. Great yeah. book, great book. Um, let's see what all of you folks thought on the su- 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 Super Chats. So, first things first, we're going to get uh, Mayor of Painsville Dan to read some out later, but for now you guys just have to deal with me. Um, Will HM says, uh, good to see Stone Cold drinking a little bit of the bubbly. A um, bit of the bubbly. He did a really admirable, jo- admirable job of endorsing Le Champion. Le Champion. The which champion? Seth. But I don't buy into anything that Steve says about Seth. I buy into everything that Austin says in his promos until he gets to the Rollins stuff where I'm like, this bit's scripted for you. Yeah, which is, that was Matthew's point of just mm. like, I'm going to come out here and tell you a story about SummerSlam 1998. It was a great time. Uh, and then just like, gear change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, the Beast Slayer. And just bringing out here to his sort of scripted mm. verbiage. Zayed War War said, honestly, how good is Stone Cold? So good on the mic. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. One of the best promos ever. Yeah, totally. Uh, B says, uh, going with the title, do you guys think Austin should become some sort of general manager or authority figure in WWE, which you spoke about before? Mm, yeah, I could see it happening. Uh, Kevin said, uh, WWE could have let Cedric enjoy the fact that he pinned current US champion, but no, sorry, we had to cut your victory celebration short because an old guy needs to drink beers with Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I totally see why they did it. Um, I, Cedric still got that win. It would... Yeah, it's difficult. You've got five men in there to celebrate with. You've got the Stone Cold Pop, which, let's be honest, from a live event experience and a viewer at home is a lot better. Long, Longer term, giving Cedric that one-minute, two-minute-long Steve Austin arm raise celebration would probably have been more effective. But it's daylight between the two, really, Yeah, as, as an exciting end to an episode. Yeah. Uh, but, okay. it, but it does feel like Alexander didn't get the pinfall. No, exactly. In fact, I actually more or less forgot about that. Mm. And we haven't had the announcement yet that it's going to be Cedric AJ for the United States Championship. A few which really has been like, you know, the last minutes of last minute things. It feels even more last minute than women's tag titles, which was like truly last minute nonsense and, you know, not caring. Mm. Mundy says, uh, my inner child was so happy when they showed Stone Cold flip AJ off, then do the stunner. Yeah. OMG, I was so happy for this. I hope this greatness continues. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully they will. They're, they'll realize what they've got with Austin. I mean, Austin is a Paul Heyman guy. Mm. Maybe there's words to be had backstage. Uh, Shrimper JR says, good to see that young upcoming star, Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> getting that upper mid-card push for the US title. Yeah, well, he'll be... Yeah, it's look all of everything you're saying is right, but I can't disagree with what they did either. And if you do use Austin as a consistent weekly character, he can start to share those pops around. Mm-hmm. And we'll do the last one for now before we get into the main show. Uh, Graham Scrivener said, "If Stone Cold comes back, uh, what if the Fiend strikes first? Well, that's in- yeah, because the way this was all set up, I I really really like this episode." 
not just because of the the great in-ring wrestling and the the focus on it that WWE gave uh, the matches, but also how Clash of Champions feels like a a very B-level pay-per-view. And actually, it's just a, a larger roar to Hell in a Cell, which is the big show. Like, Clash of Champions is just a, a little thing we have to get through because really this is all about The Fiend. So this, this, this whole episode had The Fiend looming over it in my head. So when you've got that celebration bit at the end, I'm, I'm only half happy for everyone because the other half is worried that The Fiend's going to suddenly appear and take out Stone Cold. That's, what I, that's kind of what I thought was going to happen. To be honest, I was kind of waiting for that to happen. I was waiting for, I was like, oh, that's why Austin's come down now, because mm. they're going to do the big chung, chung, chung with the lights. And that's how Raw will go off the air, is that with the fiends laying out Braun and Seth to be like, it doesn't matter which one of you wins on Sunday, because you're going to have to face me at Hell in a Cell. And so I was just sort of waiting for that to happen. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I mean, this is all nice, this is all smiles. And then the copyright logos came out, I was like, uh, and the show's ended. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, okay, fair enough, I guess. But I mean, like, I, they could have done that. The, the camera is slightly moving there because I was getting cut off. Cheers, Pete. Uh, the, uh, I would have, that would have been a good ending. I almost like that they didn't go that route, though. Well, no, you're right. And I, I completely agree with you. And I think my, my overall negativity towards this show, a show which I very much liked, I just want to lay this out there again. I don't want another Kong Skull Island situation on our hands um, with the roles reversed is that it did feel like a house show. It didn't feel like a go-home show for a pay-per-view or a show that was designed to further storylines. It was just, we're at Madison Square Garden, so we're going to put on a Madison Square Garden house show, and it's going to be a fun time for everyone. And that's a good thing. Got no problem with that whatsoever. That's absolutely a fun thing. But when you're seven days away from a pay-per-view and you've got this fiend storyline, I'd have liked something to have kind of like continued it going as opposed to just uh, the, the the Firefly Funhouse thing. And as I said, because he was such an overlooming presence mm. of the show, him showing up right at the end would have put a nice little exclamation point on that idea that he was just sort of looming over this this entire show. Well, well, I guess we'll see tonight. We'll come on to it later when we discuss the Firefly Funhouse episode. I think that Big Fiend thing is going to be on SmackDown tonight with The Undertaker. And then you don't want to have big fiend angles back to back. So obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin returned in the in the opening segment. Any other bits to talk about from there? Um, nope, don't think so. Well, it, it of course ended with AJ getting that fantastic stunner, and then we go to an ad break. Comes back. AJ is still selling the stunner. He's in the corner, which is like really interesting dynamic because he's got a match right now with Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander's coming out. And usually you want the baby face to have the injury. Mm. That's totally how Cedric was booked for the last two weeks, actually, in King of the Ring. But here you've got heel AJ suffering from a stunner and Cedric beating him up. Yeah, beating him around ringside. They are both so good in their roles as a babyface and heel mm -hmm. that I just wanted to see AJ get beat up more. Yeah. I, got, I, I was so thrilled to see that stunner. I was like, now hit him again, Cedric! <laughs> hit him again! Uh, but it didn't last very long. Mm. Uh, Gallus and Anderson got in to cause the DQ, and then who should make the save? But the Viking Raiders came down, and they laid out Gallus and Anderson, and I thought to myself, finally! <laughs> Finally, we're doing something else with them. Mm. I got a... Yeah. 
So what Granted, happened? They're, they're baby faces now, but you know. Yeah. Well, what, what, whatever were they? Uh, the, the yeah. So this set up the ten man tag. I really, baby faces last week actually. Yeah. yeah. It set up the ten man tag later on because Viking Raiders would pair with Cedric Alexander, Braun, and Seth. Um, I so so this this did give give them a good rub, it, and I I kind of like them running out there like badasses. They their offense always looks fantastic, and they looked really good in the main event too. But it just it reminded me a bit of AOP when AOP was suddenly put into the main event. We were all really excited, like ah, oh, this is the start of a huge tag team division push, but. What do you do with a tag team when there's no tag division, really? An excellent question. Mm. Yeah. So while it was fun to see them out here in the main event, I just I didn't really care. And maybe that just ties back into the, the house show vibes that it's got, that it doesn't really mean anything mm. because it's a house show main event. It's a 10-man tag house show main event. Next week, we'll just go back to the status quo, and they'll be doing squash matches again. I, I don't think it, just to, just to disagree with the house show, I didn't think it felt like a house show vibe. Uh, then it cuts backstage, and Bailey and Sasha are doing a pretty cool heel promo together. They're just chatting and being heelish. Uh, and then it cuts, because they, they're going to have a match, a tag match, against Becky and Charlotte later. Cuts to Lynch and Charlotte preparing in their locker room, and Charlotte's just like getting ready. Becky just staring at her. Staring a hole through. Yeah, her, it was, was really funny. Not happy to be part of this tag team. Then what I really, really liked was up after this, it was the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. We already knew that we were going to get a Firefly Funhouse segment. And I thought, oh, wow, it's happening in the first hour. And it opens on Bray. And he says, hey, stick around because coming up later, we've got a brand new episode. And it just it just stretched out the threat of Bray yeah. for so much longer than just a little graphic where it's got Firefly Funhouse coming up later or Corey Graves saying, stay tuned, we've got this coming up later. To have Bray that, I thought it was an ingenious touch. Yeah, no, I really, really like this a lot. Um, then we got a uh, promo for Connor's Cure and Roman Reigns comes out to say it's been nearly a year since he made his announcement that he had leukemia. He wants to raise awareness for cancer. So he's been visiting uh, pediatric cancer wards around the country. And there's a great one here in New York. And I thought I could go visit them again, but... Why visit them when I can bring them here? And he uh, brings them all out and he brings out all these kids. This one kid comes out in a mask and, and takes his mask off so he'll never work in Mexico again. Roman really <laughs> laughed at that. Yeah. He was called like The Arrival or something. I remember that because I thought, what a silly name. <laughs> the Arrival. And he maybe just loved original NXT days. <laughs> and yeah, he just takes off his mask. And Roman can't stop laughing. Yeah. You're not meant to do that, mate. <laughs> And they've all got wrestler names, and it's super cute. Roman says we should support them. This was lovely. Yeah. there's. I mean, sure, they're cheap pops. Sure, they're from the local area. But this was... I can't, cannot fault WWE when they do this. I know uh, you don't watch uh, NXT because it's for filthy marks. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously for now, until it goes mainstream. <laughs> which, of course, means you don't watch the NXT Ramble either. But um, uh, Chopper Pete Quinnell really got upset about them doing a uh, Connors Cure promo on the NXT show. <laughs> <laughs> this little kid cuts a lovely little promo. It's actually, I think he was one of the kids that was featured in this uh, promo package here. And then it cuts to Roman Reigns is operating the camera because the kid goes like, I'm going to beat cancer. Ooh, ah. And it cuts to Roman operating the camera. He's like, couldn't have said it better myself. Well, that sounds lovely. And Pete was like, I hated it. <laughs> what was wrong with it, Pete? Slightly taking it a bit out of context there, mate. I said that Roman's green screening looked terrible and that <laughs> shot looked awful. 
<laughs> but thanks. <laughs> so we started running with the joke that yeah, like you remember you used to, you hated the fact that kids um, were surviving cancer and you didn't want yeah. them on TV anymore. But there was also uh, history months. <laughs> yeah, got no time for it. <laughs> but let's move on for those controversies yeah. because we've got a corking tag match: the four horsewomen, Becky Lynch and Charlotte taking on Bailey and Sasha Banks. Newly healed team, Bailey and Sasha Banks. When they ran the promo for this, I was like, Bailey turning heel was just last Raw? Yeah. Feels like forever ago. Yeah, right. Um, but then they, they... I thought this video package as well, to my um, grievances that I had with SmackDown last week, I thought this video package did a much better job of explaining the story than Bailey's promo did. Mm. I think maybe it's just because it's... Bailey's promos are not her strong suit. No. But WWE's editing department is one of the company's strongest assets. It's second to none. It is. Uh, so this starts off really, really hot. Like, all for... I, I, I was never... You know, because sometimes when you watch women's division matches in WWE, like, yeah, it's a women's match. But this was just like, no, it's a wrestling match, which is what all of this should be, given, like, the proper pedestal and focus and character development, because it felt so big time. These four huge names in there with all of that history and backstory together. And Charlotte and Becky just ran up Be uh, Bailey and Banks on the ramp from the get-go, and they had this terrific brawl outside. Yeah, it was really, really hot right at the start. Um, the heels worked over, uh, sort of took over, and I, I thought the crowd worked quite quiet for a lot of this actually i mean i'm not sure if it was just the crowd weren't that well mic'd but it did feel like the crowd weren't into actually a lot of the wrestling that was on this show which i thought was weird considering the matches that were on uh we've also had a couple of weeks of really really good crowds so maybe just comparatively mm. uh plus they were, like they were much hotter for baron corbin yeah the, i mean the msg crowd because it's new york and it's the smartest city as mm. as the the, the verbiage goes uh, they they will split reactions more. Well, they they will boo the heels. But this, but this Sorry, cheer the heels. This wasn't cheering and booing. This was nothing. This yeah, was nothing, sort of ap apathetic so. nothingness. And then all of a sudden broke into a "This is awesome" chant. And I'm like, where were you? I <laughs> know. Yes, yeah, so that was off this awesome quadruple down yeah. where Sasha reversed um, something into a sort of around the world into the bank statement. Yeah. Charlotte reversed that into the figure eight, and then. Bailey comes to break it up, but Becky almost gets her in the disarmor, and the crowd were like, "Oh, we want to see that spot." But Bailey instead pushed. I think why well, it broke up Charlotte's yeah. submission, and, and then they're all down on the floor. This is awesome. And I thought to myself, <laughs> "God, it would be so silly to pin Becky and uh, Bailey and Banks as their first time as their heel duo." Yeah, well, so this was a really. I, I, I thought this match was excellent. Um, probably the best women's TV match in, well, since those Sasha Charlotte days. Really? Yeah, I'm what? not sure I can buy into that. There must have been something since then on TV. Yeah, on TV. Yeah, on yeah on TV. There must have been something. The um uh Asuka Charlotte had a match on SmackDown leading up to TLC. I believe that was really good, if I recall correctly. I can't remember that one. Yeah, well, pretty, just, there, there must have been something. Well, you know, just just from how they built stories and making the division feels like mean something. Going back to those Sasha Charlotte brawls, like Fools Count Anywhere stuff, like. Big time wise, mm. I can't think of anything that touches it in the last couple of years. But it does it does have a problematic result in that uh Charlotte and Bailey are in the ring. Banks like grabs Charlotte's hair, so you've got an out there, Bailey rolls her up. I'm like, okay, here's the finish, and I'm fine with that. Because Charlotte and Becky shouldn't exist as a like a, a, a good tag team together. They hate each other. Whereas Bailey and Banks 
They've got loads of history together to work together. Former tag champs. You've got the perfect out to tell Becky and Charlotte losing because they combust. Internally combust. And these are the loyal friends. They are the strongest connection. But they are heels. So, So Charlotte gets rolled up by Bailey, but then Charlotte reverses that into oh how did it go was it natural selection yeah natural selection for the win she looked so dominant like beating up essentially both of them yeah. and got the pin on her own yeah and it's just classic wwe of i you know charlotte's the best and she's great but like you, you've you've pushed her you've over pushed her in this moment well, because bailey and Beck, bailey and banks really needed that win i think the only reason i could think that they did this but this is also very classic wwe is that so Charlotte's losing on Sunday. So you want to give her a win before you lead into the pay-per-view. And Banks is likely going to beat Lynch. So you don't want to pin Banks as the challenger going into the pay-per-view. But you can have the challenger pin the champion heading into Sunday to try and build some intrigue into that. That is the only way I can see that this is why Charlotte pinned her. If Charlotte just wins on Sunday, then I've got no explanation. Yeah. But if Bailey retains... Then that is, yeah, that that would be a one way round it. I I thought something similar when the result happened. Uh, Brian Alvarez observed, he mm. wrestling observed, nice. that this this Sunday it's in Charlotte, Charlotte's hometown or whatever. Yeah. The next pay per view is in San Jose, really Bailey's hometown. So maybe Charlotte loses in her hometown, and then Bailey loses <laughs> in hers, Great. which is classic WWE. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a real shame because. Becky, sorry, Bailey and Sasha, I think need that credibility as a heel unit to win mm-hmm. their first. To, sorry, to lose their first match as heels as a team. I, I don't know why you would do that. I no, I don't know why either. I think you liked this match more than I did. I really enjoyed. The, yeah, the, the, I, the I thought it was. Matches. I thought it was really good. But mm-hmm. again, it's that Kong Skull Islands. Uh, debate again where because you liked it way more than I did, even though I very much liked it. It sounds like I'm being down mm-hmm. on the match. Uh, the I, so here's his negative Nostradamus. Okay. So we said that usually Vince gets bored after three weeks following someone re-signing with the company. Oh, yeah. There was a report on Monday that Sasha had re-signed. That's been debunked since. But she is she's returned for now. And she got this heel push. She's in the main event feud with Becky for the Raw Women's title. That was about three weeks ago. Uh-oh. And she just... Her team just lost. I think she's winning on Sunday. Yeah. Or it's the start of half-hearted booking. Even if she does win on Sunday, uh, she's not booked as a proper champion. Becky wins it back the next night. I don't know. I'm just being yeah, negative I, Nostradamus. Okay. I mean, I, if I'm putting money down... so I don't want to give away too much from our spoiler... Uh, spoiler. Our predictions video that we'll do this week. But I do think that... Banks is winning, and I think Becky's going to SmackDown. I think mm. she's going to be one of their featured stars <coughs> yeah. over there on the on the Fox show. That's what the advertising said. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a was it like a there was an advert somewhere, and they or it was like a draft, some sort of oh, draft wow, really? article. Yeah, and it had Becky on SmackDown. Oh wow! Um, so after that, the OC are backstage, and AJ is complaining to not Renee about something, and Rudolph, the impromptu tag team, walk over. I at this point thought, oh, this will be a really epic showdown between the challengers and the champions going into Clash of Champions, forgetting that Gallows and Anderson are not the tag champs. Mm. It's a better, it's a better world than you <laughs> live in, and they form some kind of alliance because 
Rudolph again for the tag title. Yeah, Rudolph the Rando tag team. Then we got Rey Mysterio versus Grand Metalik. Whoa! Hello, mate. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. They great. did Lucha, and it were lovely. I Yeah, I really like this. Grand Metalik is just incredible. That they call him King of the Ropes, and... That is his gimmick. Like, I just want to see him walk on ropes, springboard off ropes. He seems so at home on the middle rope, just walking it. Yeah. I, uh, it's bewildering to watch. They said on commentary that at one point, I can't remember what company it was that he worked for. I don't actually know a lot of Grand Metal League's work outside of, of WWE, I'm afraid. That he was a, uh, he held four different uh, belts in one promotion or running across, like, or he held world championships across four different promotions or something. Apparently he was like an amazing, amazing wrestler at one point that was pushed to the moon. Yeah, Grand Slam. Grand Slam a league. Um, but yeah, they just did some nice stuff. I felt like Ray got a little hurt during this match because he ate a super kick and then Grand Metal League landed right on his face off a dive, but he seemed fine mm. um, and hit the 6-1 on a frog splash for the win. That was really fun. Yeah, really nice match. And it's, you know, it was, what about, just under 10 minutes, I'd say. So a, d- a decent, dedicated amount of time. What I loved about this show is that you had only about four matches, but each one of them went 20 minutes or 15, 10. Real focus on the in-ring side of things. And it just feels like the show goes quicker. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, this was this was the shortest three-hour roar I've ever watched, I think. Yeah, I can, I can go with that. Um, but the, so here's... This is, of course, the start of Ray's redemption, I'd imagine, where he goes through all these different luchadors and then maybe he has to team up with Dominic to face some other threat. I think he should start recruiting these luchadors because he's looking to pass the Ray mantle onto someone. Mm-hmm. So he's like Grand Metalik, uh, Lince Dorado, you know, all these other underused high flyers WWE have. And then Dominic's sort of like, but I'm the, I'm the successor. I'm the chosen one. But Ray's like, but the the, the Mysterio name needs to live on, you know. Like, yeah. not don't say for someone who can actually wrestle really well. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be nepotistic. Yeah. And but, I don't want to. I don't want to David Flair. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that turns Dominic heel, and then he goes after Ray. He gets the LWO. I don't know. I just started. Having fun. <laughs> uh, Seth and Braun are talking to Cedric backstage, and that's when the ten-man tag is announced. Then we got Street Profits. That's so much fun. Oh God, aren't they just hyping up uh, all the main matches for Clash of Champions, uh, and then through to a video package of Rowan's attack on Roman and Brian last week on SmackDown. Fun stuff, including Dawkins flirting with Sasha Banks. I like the Dawkins gimmick of just like, I'm just going to pick a woman and you yeah. send her a flirty message via camera. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he just he's got a shotgun. <laughs> Scattergun him. Ah. Uh, the, so later on in the show, Corey Graves and Michael Cole and Renee Young would also run through the Clash of Champions card with this graphic and this graphic. And it, well, I skipped it because it's boring. <laughs> hmm. The Street Profits. I was like, yeah, what else is coming up? They're so charismatic. Absolutely, they are. Um, Speaking then, of charisma, mate. King Corbs. Told you. I told yep. you, man. Yep, you, you called this one. Uh, so this was the Raw King of the Ring semi-final match. I don't know why you thought Joe was winning. Because of the <laughs> segments. So it was Samoa Joe versus Baron Corbin versus Ricochet. Ricochet and Joe, of course, had a double pin in their quarterfinal match last week. So they made it a triple threat. And again, they gave this 15, 20 minutes. 
it had it wasn't it started off a bit as generic WWE three way where you have two people in the ring, one guy outside. But that was only the first five minutes. The rest of it was loads and loads of moves. I I, I really enjoyed this. I, it was a really good mix of say Joe's power, Ricochet's just crazy athleticism, and Baron Corbin's pantomime villain. I think we're going to look back on this match as the start of the genesis of the era <laughs> <laughs> of when we will see when the crowd turned for Baron Corbin. Mm. Of we have previously for the last year or so been like sick of Corbin. Go away, heat. The Corbin mid-card vortex. We'll be making these jokes about it. Oh, Universal Championship matches. Jesus, he retired Kurt Angle. Awful, awful, terrible stuff. Don't like Baron Corbin. This crowd, they were behind Corbin. They wanted no one else in this match to win but Corbin. And all of the reports I've seen from people, like Brian uh, Q and Sal from Impractical Jokers were there. They were tweeting, it was like, this was the only guy I wanted to win in this match. He's the best. I think that we are seeing... The genesis, the start of, the era of crowds being into Baron Corbin and ironically cheering him as the babyface, even though he's going to continue playing the pantomime heel. Uh, he's, he's the new Kevin Owens. There was a really good comment on Reddit where they compared Baron to John Cena's crowd reaction trajectory. And they said, John Cena, of course was a babyface forever, everyone wanted him to turn, but then he kind of went so long as a babyface and stayed a babyface, he became an actual babyface again. And yeah. now we all love John Cena. Baron Corbin, they kept him as a heel, everyone was sick of him as a heel, they kept with him as a heel for so long, now we all love him as a heel. But I will say, I was never against Baron Corbin as a performer, as a heel. I was against him being overpushed in the main event scene of every show. That's it. Raw. Just for months and months and months. I, we always said, love Baron Corbin. I love his moveset. I don't know why he blocked me on Twitter. He's a great, like, I think he's a really good promo as well. His facial expressions, I thought, in this match were, were so good. Yeah. And when he sits up on that throne and he's got the big, like, S-eating grin on his face. And, he's, and I've, uh, people have got in touch with me today saying, like, what are WWE doing with this King of the Ring tournament? They had so much talent, and then they put Baron Corbin in the final. I was like, well, that's the point. Mm. It's meant to make you mad that all of this great talent didn't make it through to the finals, and it's stupid Baron Corbin that has instead. But also, it's a joke tournament for a joke title, so absolutely give it to Corbin. He's someone who can make... He is someone who can take that... <laughs> S salad and turn it, or chicken S, and turn it into S salad. Uh, so, yeah, of course, Ricochet hit the 630 on Joe. Baron pulls Ricochet out and steals the victory. Such a heelish way to, to advance. Threw over the barricade as well, which is great. And, yeah, do, do you think, uh, yeah, Ricochet ended up in the crowd. Yeah. Do you think Baron will win overall then? Because he will face Chad Gable in the finals at Cock this Sunday. And I think that WWE's plan from the outset was we'll be so behind Gable because we don't want to see Corbin winning. But I wouldn't be surprised this coming Sunday if the crowd are 100% behind Corbin and are going to boo every time that Gable gets on offense because no one has bought into Gable's story throughout this tournament. You can't. So what WWE used to do is they'd never look, like rely on New York as a, as a crowd reaction for things, but they would for six months down the line because they'd say New York would be about you know, that far ahead of everywhere mm. else, just in terms of who's over as a babyface and heel. Uh, so maybe they'll push him as a heel now, but in the back of their heads they're thinking, 
later down. We can the line. do that. So yeah. Um, I don't, personally, I think Chad Gable's got to win. It's the story you're telling. Otherwise, you've just made fun of a guy for being. Yep, that's totally what they're going to do. I was going to say also. I mean, to your point, why did you have Joe on SmackDown? Hmm. Misdirection. <laughs> okay. Ease. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's People's Choice Award. Yeah. So, <laughs> so apparently the, E's P, the E People's Choice Award has got, for its TV show of the year, has got things like Game of Thrones, Stranger Things, Greg's Anatomy, um, <laughs> something or other, and Raw. And it feels like WWE have asked, have paid for them to be nominated within that category. You know yeah. how like the Golden Globes is a joke award ceremony because studios essentially just pay to win and you just sort of like bribe the... This feels like WWE have said, we'll give you a load of money if you'll nominate Raw. And they've gone like, okay, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You're not likely going to win. And Stranger that, Things is in there. If that sounds like a conspiracy theory, ESPN legit made a different category for WWE. Because they want to be recognized as a TV show and not a sport. They want to be seen as an entertainment product. So yeah, so ESPN made up their own awards ceremony. They didn't even do it at the awards ceremony. They did it on the red carpet in the most awkward manner possible because they didn't care about it. So yeah, I can easily see WWE approaching E and be like, we'll do this for you. We'll scratch your back if you'll just say that Raw is one of the best TV shows of 2019. You gotta think, E have got one eye on the next series of Total Divas, where Ronda Rousey's gonna be a part of it, yeah. and that's all the stuff that E like to cover. Uh, anyway, the next match was a rematch between Lacey Evans and Natalia after the Handkerchief of Doom won Lacey the match last week. Again, these two work really well together, and it can't all be natty. No, no. I've, got, I've got to think Lacey has improved so much. Or maybe she's just getting a chance to show what she always had. I think that's what it is. And you know, it's, you... it was hard to, to see when it was just walking down to the ring and being completely overpushed in a feud with Becky Lynch. Well, this is what I was going to say. I don't want to put thoughts into your own head or speak on behalf of your thoughts and feelings on this. But I think that you were jaded by the stupid catwalk gimmick and then the big over push into the Becky feud mm. that you almost couldn't see the wood for the trees that she's actually quite good. Mm. She was just way over pushed beyond her limits at that point and her opening six month gambit was trash. Yeah. 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 I, I, that could very well be the case. Uh, this, but they, they, they had some good wrinkles to what they did last week. There was a really cool spot. I thought where Natalia got trapped in the apron, so in the ring apron, mm. and Lacey was just kicking her in the head. Yeah. Really stomping her, and then she, like, choked her using the, the solid part of the apron, not the the sort of drape apron, uh, as a guillotine spot. I, it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do, like, she's so similar to Baron Corbin in the way that she got overpushed, and now she's settled back into a more role befitting of her. Yeah. And, and like, I actually really like her moveset as well. Yeah, yeah. I think her, like, Moonsault's great. Her mm. uh, Bronco Buster's really, really nice as well. Like the big um, handstand Bronco Buster that she does is great. I thought Graves and Renee had some good moments on commentary here. I say they had some good moments. Graves had some good moments in making fun of Renee. Because <laughs> Renee was telling the story that, well, Natty's mad at Lacey Evans after what she did last week. So when Lacey's, like, in the ropes and Natty won't break the hold, Renee's like, well, I mean, she's angry. She's upset. She's going to be doing this. And then later when Lacey trapped her in the apron and started beating her, and Renee's like, oh, what's all this now? And Craig's like, oh, but what if she's just mad about what happened <laughs> last week? Uh, well, it, Natalia did get the win back from last week. What was Lacey's tap out? 
was the it was the weirdest tap out I've ever seen mm. in my life. Uh, but it was in the sharpshooter, of course. It almost felt like someone had told her what a tap out looks like, but she'd never seen one yeah. before. <laughs> so she just she interpreted the words that someone had said to her, and she yeah, well, go back and watch it. It's remarkable. Uh, so this will probably have a pre-show match: Natalia versus Lacey. This Sunday? I don't know, dude. We've got those women's tag titles. Mm. So that's going to fill up part of the pre-show. Maybe they'll become a team off the back of this. Oh, the new bar. <laughs> the best of seven series. Uh, there was a 24-7 title recap from earlier in the night. So I don't know whether it happened before the show I began or whether it was the show, yeah. in an ad break. But R-Truth got rolled up by NBA player even something. I've, written, I've written here down. Sportsman. Yeah, Sportsman. Sport, sportsman. Um, sportsman rolled him up and then revealed that he was with a different sports team now, which got him some heel heat. And then R-Truth rolled up the sportsman and then Cole told us that R-Truth is going to have to defend the title this coming Sunday in some fashion. Harmless fun. WWE aboard of their own title. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, then we got here well, we go here before we, we get into oh. that so I know you've missed this because you skipped it but they did announce that the women's tag team titles will be defended at Clash of Champions and it will be against Fire and Desire oh was that in the match rundown yes just tell, just get the streets profits to tell me. Well, that's what I figured as well because I I don't tend to watch the match announcements, but I thought I am going to watch this one just to see if they are going to announce Fire and Desire because yeah. otherwise we're saving this for SmackDown, which just further highlights how they don't care. I get because Dawkins could have cracked onto Cross again. Yeah, two two goes in one night. <laughs> yeah. Banks Cross. Uh, but then we got the Firefly Funhouse oh. teased by Bray himself earlier in the night, and he starts off doing a Mexican accent. Hola, amigos! Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, that's going somewhere. It didn't. It was just, <laughs> just a fun thing. Uh, then Rambling Rabbit pops up and starts Stranger saying, Danger. Stranger Danger. And all the other puppets start saying Stranger Danger. And Bray says, yeah, there's a stranger here. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Abby, the witch, starts saying, my clock's been stuck at 316. And, you know, they've got the 316 on the LCD screen. And Huskers LED and, screen. Huskers and Bird Raptor were saying, hey, you took out other legends like Jerry Lawler and uh, Finn Balum and um, uh, Kurt, Ang Kurt Angle. Mick Foley is like, hey, you should be, you're going to take out Austin, right? Stranger danger. We don't know who he is. And uh, they all say that and goes, no, no, that was the fiend that did that. I've got no ill will against Steve Austin. Um, yeah, that's when Abby says that her watch has been stuck at 316 ever since he showed up. And they all just start shouting Stranger Danger at him. And he can't take it anymore. And he tells them to all be quiet. And he breaks the clock to fix it to 1119. So, first of all, just an amazing visual representation of the usual I hear voices in my head They counsel thing. me. Yeah. R really, like, just... Just really, really good at explaining Bray's mental state and why he's attacking these legends. Now I feel like that retroactively explains the Foley attack and the Angle attack. Um, but yes, the clock gets stuck to 11.19. Or, yeah, 11.19. Which, of course, means something. We don't know what it means, but there are two possible versions that I've found. It's the 11th of the 19th month. Yes, that's how it works. A <laughs> uh, metric calendar. Exactly. Uh, so there is a Bible verse, Ezekiel 1119. Oh. And, you know, of course, Stone Cold's 316 relates to his his mock of a Bible verse from 
Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. And Ezekiel 11.19 reads, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove them from their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So that to me, that's very much in Bray's style. Mm-hmm. But there's a much more wrestling-specific interpretation of those numbers. 11.19, which in the US way of framing dates, the 19th of November, which just so happens to be when The Undertaker debuted at a taping of Superstars all the way back in 1990. And Undertaker's going to be on SmackDown tonight. Yes. At Madison Square Garden. Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger. But, and it's odd, and I suppose actually it does tie in together because... Those two did have a Mania match, didn't yeah, they? They yeah. did. And Bray's whole deal in this is that he's not going to attack Austin because at the moment he's so focused on Seth and, Bra- uh, Seth and Braun because they've taken something from him. And you, you're kind of right. There's, maybe it's almost that bit of misdirect to say, like, oh, he's not going to attack a legend like Austin. But Undertaker did also do him wrong by not putting him over at WrestleMania. So he could <laughs> then uh, target him on tonight's SmackDown. Yeah, the, another part of this whole bit was Bray started saying how... Braun and Seth invoked The Fiend by mm. their actions in the past. Uh, it's just like, I I reckon we're going to get an angle between The Fiend and Undertaker tonight, and it might even possibly set up a match for Clash of Champions. Wow. For The Fiend. Yeah. Because like Meltzer has been saying, for a few sites have been saying, this, this go-home week of, at Madison Square Garden, WWE have something big planned for it. Stone Cold was just there to sell tickets. Undertaker is there for a storyline reason. That's, that's been the reports yeah, for yeah. the longest time. And an Undertaker match or an angle to build Bray, that's like these, all the Bray Wyatt stuff isn't stuff they're booking week to week because the production stuff, Bray's tweets that accompany it, it's all playing out lint like, comprehensively so they're not ripping the scripts up before the shows for this this is something that was decided a month ago and they're playing it through so i don't know whether you do the taker thing to set up a match for sunday or an encounter at sunday and maybe you get taker versus the fiend at survivor series Mm. for the title i was gonna say yeah because i'd imagine they're gonna go with seth bray at hell in a cell which Mm. bray wins and hey, um, yeah, Undertaker going for the Universal Championship. Yeah. I, stranger, stranger danger things have happened. I, I, I'm really excited to see SmackDown tonight. Yeah. I, I think well, all, all the stuff that you said, all your like problems and criticisms of this not feeling like a go-home show. I mean, you know, WWE have made me optimistic, <laughs> which traditionally puts egg on my face. Well, I'll tell you what, actually. It's, it's very interesting. So I didn't have... After this show, I didn't really have much lofty expectations for SmackDown because I figured Madison Square Garden just more house show stuff and that's fine because it'll be a fun show and I will enjoy myself for those two hours and that always gets a thumbs up from me as long as I have fun I'm going to give it a thumbs up and that's that's a good thing but now I'm genuinely excited because I do think we're going to get some Fiend mm. Undertaker angle I didn't know of that report that there's something big's going to happen this week that they had something big planned so I, I had no idea that was coming so now I'm actually genuinely super stoked to see what happens. And I hope that I don't have any crushing disappointment. I feel bad now. I've, I've, I've raised expectations. Uh, and then we got the main event of the, the 10-man tag. Uh, it, was, it, was a, you know, it was a 
decent-ish match. It was really fun, more than anything. Mm. And Ivar hit a giant senton off the top rope onto everyone. He did indeed. Uh, but yes, I, I, I honestly really, really love this show. And it was about the focus on the in-ring wrestling. I know you said it felt like a house show. And I understand that if you're looking at it in terms of building a pay-per-view this Sunday. But... To say it's a house show, I think, implies that nothing momentous happened on it. And, you know, you've got Stone Cold. You had the the King of the Ring semi-final match, which is storyline progression. You had the, the, the four horsewomen have that match. The Fiend had the 11-19 potential tease. For me, the, I, I thought this was a really... Really exceptional episode of Raw. What did you just go out? Give it as a score. I gave it a core. That's what I'd have given it yeah, as well. Yeah. Because I really, really enjoyed it. It's just that it wasn't a stellar go-home show. And not, like... When I look at go-home shows, I want it to make me excited about the pay-per-view that's coming on Sunday. That's the whole point of them. I'm not into the... I didn't think they did anything for the Seth Braun storyline. No. They didn't do anything for the tag title match either. I, <laughs> I, you know, you might as well forget that Rude and Dolph are a tag team. Mm. In fact, they might as well do because they keep calling him either Bobby Rude or Robert Rude. They don't know what his name is because they don't think they care that much. Um, I thought the Four Horsemen stuff was good, but it's not made me excited about their matches on Sunday. And... The Fiend was the best thing on the show, um, for my money. And Austin, again, just feels like sort of house show vibes. It's like we've brought Austin in for this one show. So I don't look at Austin and be like, oh, that makes this show good. I just very much enjoyed it. So I think it is a thumbs up show. Very, very much enjoyed it. But it was a glorified house show, not a go home show for a pay per view. Well, let's see what all you guys thought on the su 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 Super Chats. Right, so we've got quite a lot of them, but <laughs> now it's time to get the mayor of Painesville, Dan, in here. So, yeah. Dan, come over here. Take my seat. There he is. Yeah. Switch chairs. In you go. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hey. hey. So, Pete's going to be helping you out. <laughs> so EA's asked, Yowie Wowie, my first super chat. I'm calling in it right now, fellas. Corbin versus Elias, and they're somehow is going to give, and they're somehow going to give Shane the crown and scepter. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I, well I, yeah, of course, Elias versus Chad is the other semi-final match. You could have Baron Corbin's mid-card of Vortex final. And that, that's a, yeah, they both like lay down for each other, give shame. Yeah. That's very funny. It's King Corbin. Kevin asked, I told you to stop pitching stupid ideas. WWE is looking at the ramble. Now, thanks to you, we will have King Corps. Hey, yeah. man, I'm down for it, though. If, if I can keep telling stupid ideas like that and I'm enjoying the television, I'll give more of them. Long live King Corps. <laughs> And now we have Gavin Wilson who asks, could one of AJ, US, versus Shinsuke, IC at Survivor Series be a chance for redemption after a poor run of matches for the WWE title? I didn't think of that. That's, mm. that's uh, yeah, because I don't think AJ's dropping the title. I don't think Nakamura is, considering he's been paired with Sami Zayn. Mm. So, yeah, we I, if they've both got the belts in November, a Survivor Series match between them. That's if we're doing Raw versus SmackDown this year, which we, yeah. well, I suppose we could do. Is, if we're getting a draft, did I hear this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the report on the... Well, it's, it's scheduled in internally for the second episode of SmackDown on Fox. Yeah. So not the fourth, but the 11th. Uh, which because kind of downplays our idea then of Fiend versus Undertaker for the title of the Survivor Series because that would then have to be Universal Champ versus WWE Champ. Well, you, I think you could, Undertaker's got his own rules, haven't, haven't, hasn't he? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 
And now we have Luke Owens, number one fan, <laughs> Will Adams. Hey, man. Hello to you all, especially you, Luke. Hey. What do you th guys think of 1119? What it meant? Much love from Illinois. Yeah, well, I'd, I've given my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think it's Undertaker. But it's, it's funny as well, because I thought it was Undertaker, they'll do uh, an angle at Survivor Series, forgetting that he was on SmackDown tonight. So, yeah. So we got a little bit of speculation here from Robert Ray. Fiend... Fiend causes no contest that leads to triple threat at Hell in a Cell, which Braun helps The Fiend win. This is how WWE ruined The Fiend character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a good idea, but I don't think WWE will go that route either. I, th I, th I think they're on board with The Fiend character. Yeah. And now we have Tim Arndt. Hey. Can you imagine what would have happened if The Fiend came out during that Roman segment? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> yeah, that would have ha been cheap heat. Yeah. Now we have <laughs> Kingman. Who will you have beat the Fiend and when? Huh. Chad Gable. Brock Lesnar. No. <laughs> Don't even joke. Brock Lesnar in a match he's not even a part of. <laughs> and he wins the title. And now oh, we have... I'm sorry, I've got a better answer. <laughs> Bray Wyatt. Bray Ooh. Wyatt should beat the fiend and turn babyface and take control of the fiend eventually. Well, so you say it's an so internal struggle. So someone is in the ring. No, 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 no. There's no actual in-ring match. It's just a storyline. I'd actually be well up for WWE promoting Bray versus Fiend as a SummerSlam match next mm -hmm. year to make everyone go like, "Huh, how are you going to do this?" But a guy in a mask. They did it with fake Rowan. Mm. And now we have Justin Anzaldua. After AJ was stunned, I was waiting for the fiend. Almost called the scenario scenario last week, but I loved Firefly Funnel Stranger Danger. Stranger, Stranger Danger. Danger. Yeah, we, we both thought the same that the fiend was going to come out, but I think that's good that you're you're sort of scared that yeah. he could appear at any time, and he doesn't. So when he does, you're almost so you know those those rides at uh, uh, theme parks when you just go up mm -hmm. and then you're dropped. Like Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Yeah, so it's just a straight vertical drop. I once spoke to an operator of those and I said, when do you press the button? Because you're up there for, for ages. And he said, when, I, when the last person's legs stop swinging, that's when I know they're relaxed yeah. and that's when I press the button. So that's like, it's a, it's a similar methodology here to lull people into a false sense of security. I suppose, actually, the ride you're talking more is like the Doctor Doom death drop as opposed to the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I don't know. Yeah. And now we have Brock Betty. Finally, the Brock has come back <laughs> to livestream and Patreon. P.S. Would have loved to see the Fiend take down Stone Cold. Felt like they were building to that. I like that they didn't. Yeah, and, I, and a Firefly Funhouse very much felt like they were saying he's not going to attack Austin. Which is why I thought he might mm. attack Seth and Braun. Now we have Brendan Rayner. On Firefly Funhouse, the clock changed from 316 to 1119, the debut of The Undertaker in 1990. Mm. Yeah. And we have Sparks, who says 1919. Backwards is 9111, aka 9111. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah, it is those numbers. Mm -hmm. Those are numbers. Then we have Kevin again, who says Fiend versus Taker will happen at Crown Jewel 2. <laughs> the, the Saudi crowd will not know what's happening. Yeah. 
Although, you know, severed heads are quite commonplace oh. then. <laughs> so, sorry. That was... So I genuinely <laughs> apologize for that. I said it as soon as I said it, I was like, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, I feel dirty. I feel so dirty. Know, uh, let's go to <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to OK OJ who says Bailey's heel turn feels feels similar to that of Johnny Gargano's. On that that she will consider herself as a baby face. But it also feels like Sami Zayn's heel turn in that she is still loyal to her best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, it's... The Sami one's yeah. very comparable mm -hmm. in terms of being so loyal to your friend. Um, but that, like, Sami is such a good promo, he can get that across more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I just don't think <coughs> Bailey did last week. But the video package was great this week. And so many super chats. Awesome. <laughs> Bryant Hoyt asks, or Seth, rather, if... All the women's tag team title matches were like Becky, uh, Charlotte, Becky versus Sasha Bailey. I would love the women's belts, but sadly it's not. Why you think that is? Uh, well, the report is Vince never wanted to have the titles in the first place. And that feels very evident in the way that they have been booked on TV since Banks and Bailey lost them at Mania. It took them two months to get bored. And, and you've got four years, no, longer than that, going back to NXT. You've got like six years of history between those four wrestlers. That's that's why it felt so good. Mm -hmm. Because like some of the wrestling was actually quite sloppy. Charlotte oh, completely missed a moonsault Oof, in it. whiffed it. No but one. I don't care because I'm so into them wrestling. I, I can look past that stuff. Mm. So I apologize in advance for mispronouncing that name. <laughs> it's Toast. Tossy famed 180. Now that Steph is off screen and can't take credit for women's wrestling, there isn't really a women's division anymore. I think there's a link. I think it's Ronda Rousey's more yeah. the link. Yeah, I think Ronda Rousey being off TV is the reason why. And now we have the Thornis. He says Corey credited the four for the women's revolution. I think he means Bailey. Becky. Yeah, the four yeah. horse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely they are, yeah. And then we have Casey Skowalski. She says, I can't believe WWE botched, in my opinion, Becky's hot title run. She did nothing after WrestleMania, and I feel like it all started the way she pinned Ronda. Yeah, it really is. Becky Two Belts just died a death very quickly. There was a prologue that goes back to her apologizing to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon for no reason. That's that's when it started. And then, yeah, everything after WrestleMania was badly booked. You had a perfectly good Asuka who beat her at Royal Rumble, ready to be that first title challenger. No, dude. Hey, do you want to team up with, with Kyrie Sane? Yeah. They can't get over any other way. Mm. And now we have Jessie Venable. And she says... Can't watch live, so here's my super chat <laughs> for the brave boys. I'm at work, but wanted to give you a shout out to Luke because he always makes my daughter smile. Oh, thank you very much, Jesse. Big thumbs up. And now we have Tim Arndt again. Hey. And he says, I see that he's gone to the Mick Foley school of getting cheap pops. Which guy? Who, who's Seth Oh, Seth. Oh, yeah. oh, what, did he do some New York... Madison Square Garden, yeah, <laughs> John, John. Zayed War War says, "Anyone else sick of Rollins' title run or him overall?" Hey, no, you know, you know, he's coming to London 
in December for Gorilla Positions live show, mm-hmm. and I think people will be excited to see him then. I wonder if Will's going to be in town. <laughs> <laughs> Book him on Rev Pro. <laughs> um, but you know, I I I like Seth as a wrestler. I don't like the way he is scripted. I don't really like his character much. I'd agree with that. And we have Yo, Yo Joseph Gonzalez, who says Rollins seemed like such a nerd in the first segment. Yeah, compared to Austin, yeah, it's it, the, those scripted promos really, really jar. It doesn't help as well when Austin's telling him not to cut a promo, but he insists on cutting a promo. We have BF3 Vortex, who says, doesn't it annoy you that Rollins gets shoved down our throats since what it feels for ages? He's got it, he's good and all, but horrible as a babyface. Can't wait for Bray. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. I, people use the shoved down our throats. Same way, you know, Roman was the same criticism. He's always shoved down our throats. That's why we don't like him. He's not as bad as Roman uh, when he was a babyface on top forever, though. Mm. And we have Craig Pinn, who says, with all the WWE wrestlers seemingly wanting to jump ship to, du- to AEW, who do you think will be the first AEW wrestler or non-wrestler to oh. jump ship to WWE? Good question, mate. Ward like it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the absolutely perfect answer to that question. As soon as I saw him, I thought, well, Vince, likes, <laughs> Vince will like him. Um, Jericho. Oh, oh. bit of the bubbly. <laughs> Jesse Venable says, can't watch live, so here's my... We already had that one, Pete, I believe. Yeah, you make my yeah, daughter yeah, smile, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Pete, why are you Pete's making him... <laughs> Come on, Pete. Come on, Pete, mate. <laughs> <laughs> KJ says, what happened to the scream grab? The screen grapple. Oh, yeah. It was just um, we, we did it for a run of, I think, about eight episodes. And then that was that series sort of done. That was like season one. So, yeah, if, if people really want it to come back. Yeah, please. I think we just had to try and work out. Particularly as well with the way that the wrestling world is being flipped upside down mm. come October and every show is moving to different days and there are now 12 times more shows than there were previously. Got to try and work out where screen grapple fits into all of that. So now we have Sean Turner who says, you've mentioned the good ladder match at All Out and how you don't know about it can get any better. To me, it's going to be more choreographed like Old Boy. Yeah, the choreograph is certainly the way to go. I mean, that ladder match was nothing but a spot fest. Mm. It was, yeah, as we were saying in the review, felt very small on story, more on like, what crazy stunt can we do next? And once we've done that stunt, once we've done all those stunts, we'll just do more of them. And now we have Ollie Davis's number one fan, <laughs> Jabba JJ. And he says, all is right in the universe. Wrestle Talk is live. I've opened up a can of whoop ass <laughs> with a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Then <laughs> <laughs> we have Thyat Wawar, who says, happy World Suicide, Suicide Prevention Day, Chopper Whopper. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Suicide Prevention Day. Uh, please look into all of that. Uh, it's great causes. And we have Wilson Simmons, who says, I showed up late for football this morning and my coach is going to kill me. At least I get to enjoy one last lovely time with the boys before I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's a brave boy. Do you want to take a guess of whether that's uh, football proper or American football? I'm going to say American football. Training on a Tuesday at this time? Maybe. Yeah. 
don't know how football does it. Either yeah. one of them. And we have Zayat War War again, who says, Will you ever come down under for Tomo and mm -hmm. I? Tomo. Tomo. Swaft under. Yeah, swaft under. I'd, I'd love to. It's very far away. I, it is very far away. It's a long old flight. But I, I've always wanted to go to Australia, despite the fact that they've got spiders as big as houses. That, mm. that doesn't thrill me. But hey, if there is any Australian promoter that wants to book us to do a show <laughs> and will pay for flights and accommodation... Um, or if Tomo can put us up, then absolutely, we'd love to do a show. Australian wrestling scene's really good yeah, for the last really couple is, of yeah, years. Yeah. So we have Jay Jones, who says, officially switched from ExpressVPN to NordVPN. <laughs> Hashtag yes. support WrestleTalk. Hashtag support your virtual private networks that sponsors your favorite wrestling YouTube channel. Nice. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yes. That's, a, that's a hella support, because they, they paid a super chat to, to say that to us. Yeah, yeah. Nice. We have that one guy who says, I will subscribe to Screenstalker and tell everyone I know to do as well. But only if Luke cuts an Undertaker, Undertaker <laughs> promo on Super Smash Brothers. Oh, can I cut a promo on Smash Brothers? I like that game. I'm terrible at it. Well, just do it as Undertaker for the souls. <laughs> <laughs> I think the game is terrible, Vince. I do not like the way the characters move. <laughs> they got no souls. <laughs> so we have... Meloy the Bear 12, who says, It's my girlfriend Cassandra's 21st birthday. She likes Ollie. Luke is alright. <laughs> <laughs> Can she get a birthday shout out and a little bit of the bubbly? Happy New Year's, Chopper Whopper. Thank you. A little bit of the bubbly. Sorry, what was her name? Uh, well, I, I remember. Cassandra. I actually Cassandra. remembered. I didn't need to ask a second time, but I'm just fine. So. Well, I'm just, I'm just busy trying to think of other celebrations <laughs> to, to, wish, to wish her. Happy Year of the Dragon. Sandra. And we have Seth. Oh my God. Seth Amphidamus. Amphidamus. <laughs> He's okay, just become sorry. a hammer. So, so welcome to Patreon. <laughs> um, guys, I came. I became a Patreon and haven't been in credits. Uh, yes, yeah, so, because you became a Patreon this month, which means you'll be in the credits uh, in next month's batch of videos. So all of October's videos with the credits in there. And you'll be getting your shout out uh, later on this month with the nickname. Um, he's very good at Twitter, Seth Amphetamines, because of Seth Rollins. Mm. So we, ha we have Dina Saise uh, saying just Dan. <laughs> Dan! Dan! So you can tell this is when the stream started. Yeah. What? Yep. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, wow. this is when the stream started. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Dan, we might have to tag you out so <laughs> Chopper can speed through these then. Okay. That was when the stream started. That's when the yeah. stream started. Yeah. That was a lot of super chats. Well, yeah. We are on the miscellaneous Oh, because you okay? No, carry on. Carry on, Dan. Okay, on, I have to say, Dina, she's one of our Discord moderators, so you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so KG says, "I wish I could apply to, but I apply, but I don't live in the UK." Oh, to be an on-screen. Well, the, it's the only on-screen uh, presenters need to l sort of be able to access London. Uh, you know, writers, scriptwriters, social media managers. Go, go on the go on the website page and look at all the different roles. There's so many uh, roles out there for people who aren't based in the in the UK or in London. And now we have Killjoy. Hello, mate. <laughs> uh, the next WrestleTalk scholarship should go to Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Happy <laughs> ace. Going to give you some protein powder. <laughs> I need it. Yes. <laughs> um, then we have King Rasta, who says Kofi should have 
have should have his own showcase in 2K20. Oh, that, like as a storyline. Yeah, that'll be yeah. next year's game. I'd have thought. It's, it, the problem was the the Kofi run started too late in the 2K development cycle to get that in. His his storyline of getting over is effectively one of their showcase tower modes, isn't it? Yeah. Do do this gauntlet. Do this gauntlet. <laughs> do this gauntlet. And we have Azel Smith who says, "Yesterday was my birthday, and I got to be at Raw." Oh, oh. cool! Yeah, nice. what a show to see. And Antonio Gibbs says, "Fix the camera." I did, but thank yeah. you. <laughs> then we have Green Scrivener who says, "I wish I could work for you, but it's traveling there." Well, like we said, there's there's loads of remote positions. It's only the on-screen camera ones that we need people to be able to come into the studio for. All the others, you can work remotely. Then we have Green. Oh no, we have Danny Trashman DeVito who says, "Hurt heel, hurt heel." Oh man, oh, I can't wait to see the entrance again. I had um, when I was on my flight to Amsterdam over the weekend. I was reading my book for a bit. Actually, I was reading comics rather, mm. and um, I was listening to my Spotify playlist, and that song came on, and I could just hear the hurt heel, and I would keep thinking to myself, "I cannot wait for WrestleMania. Yeah. I cannot wait till eighty thousand people are doing that." Oh chills mate oh oh that will be awesome and now we have jake c who just says mustache break it's back i saw that the mustache oh. breaks returned yeah with a new entrance oh, what a handsome man oh, oh rusev good crikey what a handsome man he is he just got more handsome oh dearie me and we have mr nico who asks is the G gm role still a thing in wwe no, we don't have authority figures, apart from mm. William Regal. No, they're not, but, and yeah, Drake William Regal, Drake Maverick. You can, you can write them back in. It's stone cold. <laughs> and now we have Tim Arndt again, hey. who says, the Clash of Champions Wrestle League bonus question should be, will Alexa and Nikki be heels or faces? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great That's bonus good. question. Remember that one. Yeah. Randy, I know you're watching. Write that down, mate. And now we have that one again, Tarsi Found 118. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> 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 Tarsi Found. Uh, and he says, get to the chopper whopper. <laughs> get yeah. to the chopper And Ron's Ray Rajan or Rayans says, Pete, why do you hate kids with cancer? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 in all fairness, actually, no, in Pete's defense, we all hate kids who've got cancer. <laughs> kids who have cancer is a terrible thing. We want kids to not have cancer. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I don't, I don't want to have a, I don't want a child to have cancer. That's a terrible thing to want. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just don't want to say it. <laughs> it just sounds. Sounds sounds bad. Sounds bad. But it's it's you're right. Yeah. 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 Super chats do not get better with the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we have Cyber Sajan who says Pete wants kids to have cancer on his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> See what you I'm guys said? So, well you say you guys, it was me. And I'm very sorry for that, Pete. I did not mean to inflict that upon you. That's not cool, man. Your birthday no less. That's so many days a year. <laughs> Oh, dearie me. Huh? Oh, my God. I can't um, anyway. We should move on. Yeah, let's move yeah. on from that. Sparks. <laughs> that was the worst live event I've went to. We couldn't hear promos and Fiend was advertised to appear, but which is why I purchased, which is why I was, which why I purchased the ticket. 
Where was he? Fiend was advertised. Oh, I didn't know that. No. I know. Well, you got stone cold though. Um, yeah, that, that that is bad if the fiend was advertised. Uh, and if you can hear the promos. Yeah, but in Seth's case, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> okay, we've got seven more to go, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also some more. Uh, Quinton Cardio says, "I'd be crying, sh be a crying shame if the Miss was not Johnny Cage in the upcoming Mortal Kombat movie." I mean, you say it's a crying shame, but there are other actors. <laughs> it's a crying shame. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's a, a fairly good shout, but he's not, he wouldn't be in my top ten. And we have Kratos' forgotten son. He hey. says, "Hello, lads! I just wanted to send a shout out for the new Wrestle Talk showcase. It's lovely, and I'm excited to see future episodes. Always awesome work. Can't oh, agree thank more." Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, go and watch the Wrestle Talk showcase. Episode two went up yesterday with Gabriel Kidd, who is going to go to the New Japan Dojo. It's crazy. Huge. Right? That is He's huge. so perfect for it as well. Martin Kirby's on the show. My current, well. Got like, because this show's introducing us to so many independent wrestlers. Um, I'd say my new favorite wrestler, but it's actually like alongside loads of other people like Ojmo and, and uh, Sean Custom. Scotty Davis, man. Wow. He's, he's incredible. I've seen him live a couple of times now. And my boy Jody Fleisch is on that show yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Love me some Jody Fleisch. And we've got Aaron who asked, seems like Raw has hit a nice middle ground or is it that I only cursed half of a bit of watching the show hashtag the curse is real yes the guy so with the curse the what so he he, he watched this show so he watched a portion yeah portion. Oh. So he which part of it which bit did he watch I mean I, I would say but what when Seth and Braun were cutting a promo because <laughs> that's the only bad bit of this show for yeah. me he missed all of Austin doing his bit yeah, yeah. but then just turned it on when said like I'm gonna cut a promo Steve <laughs> and then he was like you know what it's been an hour or two let me check in oh Bailey and Sasha <laughs> Banks just lost those are the only two bad bits and we've got Petty Kruger who says here's to my first donation on Super Chats shout out to New York and here is to you on a little bit of the bubbly with the boys a little bit of the bubbly with the brave boys also, New York is the best place on earth. <laughs> so, we have Zachary Jenkins, who says, So, if Bobby Fish did not get hurt, would Strong join the era the way he did? It's weird because I love O'Reilly and Strong. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, I see the question. is: If Bobby Fish got hurt, would Roderick Strong have yeah. still turned heel? Yeah, I think he would have done. Yeah. So then we have Sh Shrimp 3 Jr. who says, If you guys start WWE 2K Universe on 2K19, will it continue on 2K20 or will you start a brand new one? Yeah, so that's the problem. Pete's been working uh, a lot to get the 2K19 Universe mode set up. But I reckon by the time we pass that Screenstalker goal, we've got to get to 50,000 subscribers on Screenstalker before we start that up as a series. 2K20 is going to be out. Oh yeah, so we'll have to redo all that on there. But so yeah, we will we will do the most current game. In all fairness, though, I don't think anyone will be able to tell the difference. Mm. You, we could play on 2K17, and everyone will go like, "Oh, that looks like the most current version." It's the story, our story, that's the most important thing. Though. Yeah. Then we have Maurice Robinson, who just says, "What? 
What? 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 <laughs> I thought it was really funny how the baby faces were trying to get the crowd to what them, but they weren't really interested in doing yeah, so. Yeah. So we have a couple of more. It's starting with James Hollins, who says, "If it is Taker versus Fiend at Survivor Series, who comes out last?" Entrance-wise, I vote fi The Fiend, and what did Braun take from The Fiend? Well, Braun broke away from the family. Yeah. I um, mean, he got drafted away from the family, but... What, an, an Which Survivor Series? Yeah, so if it's last. Undertaker versus Fiend, who come, who does their entrance second? Uh, oh, that's a good point, yeah. yeah. It's got to be Fiend, right? Yeah, I'd say Fiend. Yeah. And we have Adam Pearson. Hey! hey! Who says... Fiend vs. Spray in House of Horrors 2. Book it! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Got to get that return of House of Horrors Did again. Did you see Randy Orton's tweet over the weekend? No. Uh, Bray Wyatt quoted Sister Abigail as like a quote thing. And Randy Orton tweeted him back saying, What? Sister Abigail's still alive? The one I burnt down in your house? So we subjected everyone to a House of Horrors match for no reason. Oh, man. That was way better than the WrestleMania match. Yeah. There was no projections or anything. There was a... A lawnmower that moved on its own. It was a tremendous match. And now we have Pavi, who also claims to be Luke's number one fan. And he says, Raw gets all the big stars. Now WrestleTalk's Raw View also gets <laughs> the big stars. <laughs> <laughs> no one can survive the put of Raw's importance over SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Um, well, until it airs on Fox. Oh, yeah. Then, then we're booking Dan on all the SmackDown reviews. <laughs> yeah. We're not coming in on Saturdays. <laughs> Um, we have Dwayne Cooley who says, "Who hits the stunner a bit better, Becky or Austin?" Austin. Yeah, Becky's one was very good last week, but then when you see Austin do it, you're like, "Oh yeah, no, you are the best yeah. at doing that." I did see someone say it was very nice of Kevin Owens to lend Steve Austin yeah, his finisher. That's, funny. that's good. And now we have John DiPietro, Randy Datsun's number two fan, who says, "What do you think of this? The Fiend comes out." Tonight takes out Taker, then Taker takes out The Fiend at Hell in a Cell, costing him the title, setting up a match for Survivor Series. No, I, I, I think just have strap the rocket to Fiend, have him win everything, mm -hmm. and, and not stop winning. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like to use this as a verb, but you don't want to ride back this. Mm. And now we have Dicentury Joe. I laughed so hard, just pay... Paying tribute to Luke's surfed head comment. Severed head. Severed head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for that it's joke. Really controversial show. <laughs> Dan, what have you done to us? Uh, I'm sorry. Marcus Roman says, I'm sorry, Lacey versus Netty. The Lacey versus Netty match made me so mad because they show the footage from last week with a few butchers. This match felt very sloppy, and Corey Gray's commentary made it made it a lot of worth me. Bah. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it. I, I didn't find it sloppy at all. No, I thought I thought Natty looks really intense when she's a, a sort of recent style is very good. And now we have uh, Mike Martin the second, who says eleven nineteen backwards is nine eleven one. Tomorrow it's nine eleventh, and NXT is a one hour show. Big E heel turn confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, that that's where the logic train goes. Absolutely. Always, Always go. to Big E and Bailey Sting in there somewhere. 
And now we have Tim Arndt again, right. who says, Luke's joke proof that he <laughs> let the fiend in too, <laughs> too far. Let me I let him <laughs> in. I let him in. It was the muscle man dance all along. <laughs> <laughs> and Vectus V just asked for another mustache break. I mean, we can't do it here apart from... Mm, mm, mm. Mm. And Marin Tash. No, we have Myron Speed who says, Love Luke Savage Saudi takedown. It was a great joke. Thank you. Yeah. And we have Mr. Nyko again who says, Luke's joke was super savage. <laughs> <laughs> and Vectus V again says, a little bit of a bubbly break. A little bit of the bubbly. bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Ooh. Ooh. A little bit of the bubbly. And we have Death by Daza 88 who says, when is the next fantasy booking warfare? <laughs> That's a good question. Let's go. When we've got. Have time. you seen the time? We need to move on to the next next question. <laughs> um, Zachary Jenkins, who says, "Keep up the good work. I have been there since day one." Day oh, one ish. Sorry, just to actually properly answer the previous question because you did super chat in. Um, we haven't got time, uh, and the last one to win the poll was. Vince McMahon, Triple H, take Triple over. H, uh, yeah, Triple H usurps Vince McMahon, yeah. I believe. But we decided, we made a ruling that we couldn't involve NXT. And as soon as we did that, we couldn't think of any other ideas. And we, we booked versions of that storyline just so many times. So we, get, we just sort of lost interest in it, I'm afraid. Mm. And now we go with King Russell, who just says, Chop, chop, chara. A chero. <laughs> <laughs> And Justin Anzardua, who says Knife Edge Chopper. Knife Edge Chopper's <laughs> good. Nice, like that. And we have Clifford Miller, who says, Just applied for the WrestleTalk position. Can't wait to hear from y'all. Also, Luke, your comment about the Saudis made me spit out my water. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I uh, did get through your submission. If we don't reply to any of the submissions as well, it's not a slight. Oh, yeah. We've had a lot of submissions through, so we will not be able to reply to everyone. And the next one is Johnny Garcia, who says, If Pete wears the crown, he's Chipper Whopper. Does that make him the Burgwe King? Burger King? Well, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah, okay. Burger King. Maybe. Maybe. Do you like Burger King, Pete? It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and we have four people to thank who just gave us a super chat with no message. It's Chadwick Clark, Rex Joseph Cameron, Kratos Forgotten Son, and Maurice Robinson. Oh, thank, thank you, you all so much. much, and thank you, Dan. Wonderfully yeah, read by like Dan. It. Thank you, Dan. Should we talk about Dan? Oh, yeah, because well, yes. Dan was on that show. Yes. We, we haven't filmed the show yet. No, we have not. So I just assume he was good. Yes, yes. Seems so like a fun guy. Absolutely. Second time we've met him now. Super fan Dan uh, has come all the way over here. So he's come and spent the day in the studio with us. Um, and yeah, he's going to be part of the 
uh, Wrestle Ramble. Well, it was part of the Wrestle Ramble, I should say. You're listening to this. We're talking about things in the future, but mm. it's the past for you guys. In the Super Chats, if you're one of those people that does listen to that portion of the podcast, I know it's one of the most popular parts. I think it's iTunes reviews, then the Super Chats, like if you're ordering things of popularity. It's so difficult to get that 100% fresh rating, to get yeah. a critical consensus on a segment. And, you know, we've, we've managed to do it for those two bits, uh, yeah, which is really rewarding. It really is. Yeah. It is the, uh, it's the Joker movie mm. of, of podcast segments. Um, I just want to quickly read out this email from Andrew, uh, who says, Hello, Luke, Ollie, Fogador, Housemate Simon, happy birthday, King Chop, and yeah, that's <laughs> it. Now, Andrew went to the Raw show. Oh, from last night. Did indeed. Yeah. And said that uh, the main events taping beforehand had the Iconics. People apparently were going very crazy for the Iconics. Uh, he then kind of like gives his uh, summary thoughts on various things that happened. But he does right here. At this point, my friend and I met someone who worked at the venue and offered us free drinks uh, so, uh, for the night. All together was amazing because we had... A little bit of the bubbly. Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. Uh, which people were also chanting throughout the whole show. <laughs> I um, didn't hear that, did you? No, I, I didn't hear that afterwards. He also points as well that people were bored for the first half of the main event because there were too many people in the ring. Everyone was talking and only cared about the high spots when they happened. But overall, he would give the show eight or eight and a half out of ten. I think that's, I think that's fair. Excellent show of in-ring wrestling for WWE. And, you know, so many major storylines <laughs> progressed. Really got me excited for the pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed the show. But again, Luke, people have already heard this. Com- a... We've already heard this conversation. I, know, I guess so. Because we yeah. haven't had this conversation. We haven't had this chat. Yet. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, this email. Uh, you've had the uh, the handsome Dave email, I believe, about Bake Off. Handsome Dave. Yes. Yes. Chopper spoke about that. That's right. Okay. Um, so in which case, then, uh, I will quickly read. Uh, this bit from Harrison, who said, "Hi, I to all my brave British boys. You might remember a few months ago, I wrote to you about a." a about a pay-per-view to convert my girlfriend, brackets, a non-wrestling fan, into a fan. We decided to watch a few matches instead, but she wasn't super into it. However, I did an experiment. Uh, we watched SummerSlam this year and all out over the past weekend. After all out, I asked which show she preferred and would only watch more mm. of. She said, without a doubt, she liked all out more. Interesting. She said the in-ring action was actually really fun and she wants to watch it when it gets on TV. So with that being said, I don't think we can confidently say that AEW only appeals to hardcore fans, as it would appear that appeal to her more than WWE um, I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast much love Harrison from South Carolina bracket no it's not close to Washington State but it is close to the other Washington I imagine it's also close to North Carolina mm. but I don't know maybe they're not maybe North Carolina is in Canada could be I don't know how geography it's called works North. yeah, yeah. Uh, but your, your thoughts on the on well the that's, that's hugely promising isn't it mm. and also well done Harrison for sort of sticking at it and spreading the love of wrestling. And that is only going to make your relationship better. Yes. You can share that joy. You can both look forward to it weekly, AEW. Because when something comes on weekly and you're, you are in a couple, it's so... I find it quite sad when my lady partner doesn't get into shows the way I do. Because if that's like, especially two hours every week for... was it called? Tuesday, Wednesday Night Dynamite. Well, they haven't announced <laughs> the name yet, but yeah. Sure. Tuesday night dynamite only on Wednesdays <laughs> then that's two hours of your week every week where she's either annoyed at you and just sitting there resenting the experience or she just goes into another room now you can spend that time together do you this is an interesting question do you actually have shows like that do you like watch a show that 
your lady partner's not interested in me. She just stays in the room while you watch it. Um, or vice versa. No, no, we don't, really. You just watch everything together, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, that, that's fine. Because that's what me, that's what my, my wife mm. and I do. So I was just curious if people do have these situations where a male half of the partnership watches something on TV or plays the game and the lady part of it, or vice versa, yeah. just sits there and does nothing. That would just that would never happen in my my household. I've, I've done, never encountered it. Well, I I can't watch TV if it's just on. So like, say, oh, I'm just going to turn on the TV, which my lady partner loves. She loves just having background TV on. I'm of the opinion, what's the point of having it on? Mm-hmm. It's just incessant noise in the background. Put the radio on. Yeah, if I'm going to have the TV on, I want to watch it. Yes. Plus, my whole life, my my whole professional life has been involved watching screens. Like, in a previous life, I would watch screens to check all the graphics were in the right place. 12 hours it's a shift. Mm. So it's just trained in me. If there's a screen on, I will slowly start ignoring you, Anna, <laughs> and start watching the TV, even if it's something I'm not interested in. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's just the way it is. Mm. So uh, what we do is if... The, she just wants to watch something like Friends. I've seen Friends quite enough. She'll just put it on and I will read a comic. So we do, we do have that sort of thing sometimes. Because I really like reading. Anna doesn't like reading. Mm-hmm. So that's the split there. Okay. But there's so many good things to watch on TV. Yeah. We are bound to like so much. We, we can't, we've got too much stuff to watch as it is. Yeah. I, I've, the relationship that we have, my wife and I, is that we just watch TV shows. Like If we're at home, we'll just watch the TV shows that we both are interested in. And if there's a show that she likes that I've got zero interest in, like Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. going up against Raw for best TV show of 2019, by all accounts. Is it, is it still on? Greg, Greg's Anatomy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's Greg's still, Anatomy. That's what I call it. Cause it annoys <laughs> her. Uh, it's about, about sandwiches and that. Wow. Um, but yeah, Greg's Anatomy is still on. Um, but she'll just wait until I'm not there, and then she'll watch that show. Totally. I've got that with Mindhunter right now. For some reason, long, drawn-out scenes with minimal cuts and intentionally flat acting where white men interview other white men who have killed people isn't up on a street. I yeah, just don't I, understand it. Mine neither. Mm. I could not get into oh, Mindhunter. It. It's fantastic. I figured... Because I... You know, and this is a very facetious way to approach this. I do appreciate, but I I didn't really get on with it. I thought it's fine, it is okay, and then I thought, oh, it's a David Fincher thing. That's why people like it. In uh, the same way that there are those people who loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the sole reason that's directed by Quentin Tarantino. I I mean, those people do exist, but I don't think you can explain. A, I think that is no, nowhere near as significant as you think it is usually. Okay. I think the the vast majority of people will just watch it and make up their own minds whether they like it. I've, I mean, to be honest, with Mindhunter, I don't hear people say, oh, yeah, and it's David Fincher. It very much is a Fincher-style show, uh, but I happen to love that style anyway. Like, it, But I don't care if Fincher's attached to it. I could just watch that slow, methodical approach to filmmaking anywhere. Is Fincher involved with um, the first season of House of Cards? Was it Fincher? Or was it, it was some famous I director. Don't know. I didn't watch any of House of Cards. Because I just remember that being a big thing when it was Kevin Spacey and you know this director. And it was like, oh my god, Netflix have they found mm. you know they found the solution. This is how you get to people watch TV. Um, but I can't quite remember who it was. That's a terrible anecdote. <laughs> 
think we might just end the podcast there, to be honest. Um, actually, no, we do have time to uh, read out Blake. Ham- no, actually, no, sorry, we don't. I've we got have- iTunes reviews. Yes, oh, oh, give us a couple of iTunes reviews. What so I'm going to got- do, we need more iTunes reviews, folks. They've, they've dried up. What the hell? Actually, oh no, I'm on the US. Fill for time, I'll switch to the... The UK reviews. Okay, well, let's see if I can get up Blake Ham's email then. Just got to quickly go through my various amounts of emails. Nope, that's from Dave. This one's from Anthony. Uh, this one's from Sadface. And then Z. Uh, this one is from Chris. Sorry, Blake Ham, oh, I've oh, got sorry, the iTunes yeah, reviews I up. Just found it as well. But okay, sorry. So first up, we have Adam Humber. Great podcast. Okay emoji. What What's that emoji called where it is the okay? Like when you're doing like 3D. Yeah. Would you call that the okay emoji? Yeah, that's an okay emoji. It doesn't sound... Okay emoji, okay emoji, okay emoji, okay emoji. I don't know if I want to be okay. Well, we are, though. We are perfectly fine. I want to be average and consistent. Okay is like, it's not enough either way. There's no emoji for that, though. Quality podcast and consistently consistent. Okay emoji. Who's in the intro? Who is in the intro of the I can't decide if I hear Seth Rollins or not? So the, I guess, the compilation of famous wrestlers. Hellos, hellos. Uh, there is Keith Lee, Kylo Riley, Raven. Most of them do say their names. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, John Cena. No Seth Rollins, I can tell you that much. John. John. <laughs> John. Um, who else is in there? Um, Colt Cabana, Rocky Romero. Um, yeah, there's quite a few in there, but no Seth. <clears throat> I've got to read this one. This is hilariously trolling. From Dave Chance. Awesome podcast. Best podcast in the world. Lots of O's. Thank you for keeping me entertained all these years. Adam, Jack, Ross, Matthew, Sam, (laughs) and of course, Tom. You guys are awesome. (laughs) Anyway, get your iTunes reviews in. It helps grow the podcast. And yeah, I'm just going to keep reading them. Mm. Don't don't think that, oh, if I don't write my iTunes review, maybe Ollie will drop this segment. I'll go back and find old ones. <laughs> there are hundreds. Hundreds right, of rags. Anyway, that is all we've got time for on this show. Ollie and I will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. Maybe something will happen on that show, but it's a Madison Square Garden again, so oh, let's not get your hopes up. Negative loop. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be back for then, and then we'll have the NXT show on the Wednesday. And also, there's going to be a bonus podcast this week because it's Clash of Champions, which means no champions. week... Champions. which means no weekend ramble, I'm afraid, which means that's now three weeks of no mailbag questions, which... So Laurie and I did all that work to get rid of the... Uh, the MC out the mailbag. We've now just got a three-week backlog. So it's just going to cause more issues. Um, and then we'll have the Clash of Champions headline review with the full review on the Monday. That's how your podcast week is looking. And a long weekend of cock. Oh, yeah. A lot of cock this weekend. On my trip to Amsterdam. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.